single white trailer, all town and song. Four dogs in the backyard with kick the screens in the Daddy screams, Mama, little boy cringes as Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. And men, today we are actually going to talk specifically about pursuing biblical manliness. And what I mean by that is looking at the Bible, since the Bible is our source, it is our anchor, it is where we can uh, actually get the words of God and we can live them out and see how they apply to our lives. We can see how other men and women before us have interacted with God, what their relationship with their creator looked like. And then we can learn from that. And and we're actually going to look at a verse today that specifically addresses this. It's really, really simple, but I believe if we can get it and understand it, and I know we can, but if we can get it and understand it, it can really change the way we view the Bible, our time in the Word of God, and then what we're actually supposed to do with that. You know, you've heard the phrase more than likely that the Bible is a book for all people for all time. And I firmly believe that. But one of the greatest challenges we have, whether it's in ministry or just evangelism or discipleship, is to get men specifically, get men to see the Word of God as something that is valuable to their life, that actually means something to them. Too often, I believe we disregard the Bible as an outdated book or a book that's very uh stoic and very outdated for us, and it doesn't apply to what we're going through in our life, and that's simply not the case. That is shortchanging a powerful book that has the power to not only change your life, but to change the lives of those around you and those who will come after you. Again, the verse we're going to look at today is going to be in the book of Ezra. We're going to walk through it, and I believe if you look at those three simple things when it comes to this particular verse, you'll be able to see that being a growing man of God to become a man who is growing spiritually and helping others do the same is not that complicated if you will devote or commit your heart to these practices. All right, man, it is time for the show. All right, man, as we said in the beginning, we're going to take a look at a particular verse in the Bible, just one verse, and how if we take a look at that and we break it down simply, as we're going to do within this next, uh, just a little bit of time we have together on this podcast, if we would break it down, we would see that the Bible in and of itself is a book meant to change us and to change the people around us. And I just believe if we could get men to develop a consistent discipline in their life to just simply be in the Word of God, they would see it has transformational power. It's it's incredible. But to get guys to do that is really challenging. And I think you'll find many times, and maybe not you because you have committed to listening to this podcast, but many guys simply do not know their Bible really well. And, and that's where we get into a lot of pitfalls. We get into a lot of problems because we don't know the Bible and we go by what we think or what we feel 
or we go by on what the culture around us is trying to tell us. When we're in the Word of God, as we're going to see, we will develop a biblical worldview. We'll be able to begin to have better decisions and discussions based off of the Bible and how it it guards our life and it guards our path. And again, it's so important. It's so transformational. And I speak to you this as a guy who used to see the Bible as a book that was incredibly confusing. And I want to say right up front, I do not have everything figured out when it comes to the Bible. I have a daily discipline that I'm in the Word of God uh, daily. Uh, Being in our our tribe group really helps that to know there are countless men who are driving me as well to do this. Um, I have read through the Bible a few times, which has helped. I need to do it more. Um, I am a full-time pastor, as a lot of you guys know, so um, I'm being paid to be in the Bible in a lot of ways. Uh, But again, I used to see it really confusing. It was more like a a textbook that was going to tell me um, how bad I am or how far off I was. You know, I would find, you know, several of the stories interesting. Jonah's very interesting. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is interesting. Paul um, is is very interesting. You know, of course, the book of Revelation, we don't know, we're we're not sure what to do with that. I'm kidding. Uh, You find a lot of things very, very interesting in the Bible, but what does that do to my life? How does that change my life? It's, it's, you know, it's Tuesday. What what do I do with that? It's Friday night. What, What does the Bible have to say about this? And so what I did is I committed to reading the Bible through the course of a year. And when I had done so, man, I was really pumped. I felt like I had really hung the moon. And I I have to be honest, I was a little embarrassed. I was mid-20s. I was a little embarrassed that I hadn't done so before. But what I've learned through life is there's a lot of people who have never read through the Bible. And I don't think, I'm not saying that's the standard of now you're a, a man of God. What I'm saying is you, you need to make a practice of that because let God's words just marinate on your heart and in front of your eyeballs and, and see what God wants to teach you through that. I, I feel like just about every time I read through uh, the Bible or portions of the Bible, it's like God reveals something new to me uh, again. And so one of the biggest challenges I see with guys is generally speaking, and I don't mean this as an insult, but I feel like it's the best way to verbalize our plight here is that that men, generally speaking, are biblically illiterate. Again, it's not an insult. You know, we all begin as illiterate, right? At some point in your life, you learn to read, you learn colors, you learn to match things. Um, but we just didn't realize it at the time. And I think, again, through consistent, intentional learning, you begin to really learn. The same is true with the Bible. You know, you can learn from the Bible from listening to it. You can read it online. You can have a printed copy, which I would highly recommend. Uh, you can learn from podcasts, Bible studies, um, online preaching, live preaching. Again, all these things are good, but they they cannot supplement uh, your daily Bible reading. It, they can't take the place of you being in the Word of God. And so uh, what I want to do is walk through one verse, and I think it summarizes what it means to be a man of God who reads the Bible and what it looks like or actually could look like in, in our life. And uh, it's Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, and it says, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Okay, let's just break this down. Let's start with the very first part. Okay, Ezra set his heart. This also means, you know, committed or devoted. You know, I would say I set my heart to be married to my wife. Once I fell in love with her and I realized, hey, I believe this is the woman that God wants me to marry. I I commit to her and I have things in my life that are reminders that I commit to her. One of them would be a wedding ring. I've set my heart that I'm committed to that woman and she does the same thing. Ezra devoted his heart to study the Bible. We also 
would be really wise to do the same thing. Commit ourselves to studying the Bible. And um, I know there's some people who really, really enjoy studying the Bible. And for others, they would rather have you know someone jab their eyeball out with a fork. And I think we'll find the balance here before too long. But you need to get a, a hard copy of the Bible, a printed copy of the Bible, one that you can read and pick up. I, I firmly believe this. Um, if you want, you can go to a Christian bookstore. There's countless themes and sizes. There's large print. There's study Bibles. There's you know all kinds of things in there. Um, get a translation that you're going to commit to at least for this season of growth. And I'm not saying you won't move into a different translation at some point. And even I occasionally will take a look at another translation and say, okay, what what do they say in that? There's two translations I really like. Uh, one of them is the ESV, the English Standard Version. I've shared that before. I really like the English Standard Version. There's a lot of reasons. The simplest reason would be this. Many times you'll hear a pastor or a communicator say a particular verse and then they'll begin to like, well, what that means is, or what he's trying to say is, and more times than not, 80%, I don't know, um, the ESV is already communicated that way. And I think there's power in words. You know, think of your spouse. If she says, again, she's tired, is she tired of you or is she physically tired? Is she tired of all the tasks around the house or is she, you know, tired of the weather? I mean, what, what you want to know the truth behind those words and the same is true with the Bible. Another translation I really like, it's old, it's really hard to find. Um, I'm ble- I was very blessed. Somebody, I mentioned this once in our church, and somebody gave me a copy of it, is the ASV. And so I really like the ASV. It's very old and, and it's very old English, but um, I like it. I like looking at it. Take a look at that. There's a lot of good ones. Um, the New American Standard is a good one. Um, the NIV, I, I think NIV 1984, I really like. Um, and so uh, just... Get a Bible, though. Just get one. I, I don't recommend if you're a new Christian or a new guy to read the Bible, the King James. It's really hard to understand. I know there's some people that are King James only people. Okay. Um, I just don't think that's a great thing to lead off with. So the other thing would be to, to help, you know, find someone to help hold you accountable, someone who's going to read with you. And I referenced tribe before, but with tribe, we're all reading the same thing every day. And so today was uh, Proverbs 14. So it's one chapter. We're all reading it. And then someone will post, you know, a thought or two, whatever in there. And I think it's important. And so if you're not in tribe, man, get someone who will text you, get someone who will call you, uh, maybe email you. I don't, I don't know if you want someone calling you every day, but um, periodically just, you know, Hey, I read, you know, Hebrews 10. What did you get from that? And so uh, it's important to have guys that will help hold you accountable, um, especially on the days you don't feel like it. It's so easy to start things. It's so easy to quit them. And everything in between is the hard part, right? It's easy to start. It's easy to quit. We love to start things. We love to quit things. Uh, but but please don't do that, okay? Commit to it. Commit to, you know, whether it's 90 days or committing to, you know, a month. Every day this month, I'm going to read something from the Bible. Um, make it um, at least a paragraph. I'd say a chapter would be a good start. But again, I don't know where you're at. You know where you're at spiritually. You know where you're at time-wise. So um, like anything else, some days are easier than others. So like all disciplines, you're, you're just going to simply have to find the time that works for you. And I've, I'm a firm believer in consistency that helps. And so, um, you know, again, first and foremost, commit to it, get a highlighter, study Bible, whatever, get ready to read it and, and, and make it a priority. The second thing he did was it says that he studied the law of the Lord. He studied the actual words of God. When we read the Bible, we're reading actual 
words of God. He, how powerful is that to say, you know, it's, it's neat to see journals of, um, I have one of, I don't have the journal, I have the book, General Patton or Winston Churchill or Alvin York, or there's just a lot of great people in history. It's neat to see their actual words pen to paper. And uh, we're actually getting to see God's words. And uh, so reading God's word has a transformational power Unlike reading anything else, this habit helps with, you know, developing your theology and your understanding of, of doctrine, of the doctrine of your church. This helps you understand, develop your own, you know, biblical worldview. How do I see the world through this lens, the way you see the world through the lens of the Bible? There's a lot of hot button topics. And uh, what do you do with homosexuality? What do you do with abortion? What do you do with immigration? What do you do with uh, gun control? What do you do with women's rights? What do you do with, you know, transgender stuff? What do you do with that stuff? And if we just go by what we feel or by what's popular or by, you know, who's yelling the loudest, you're swayed by so many different opinions and so many different. At the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, you really don't know who you are because you've just allowed yourself to be swayed by whatever seems to be popular at the time. What does the Bible speak on this? What does the Bible say? And also remember, commentaries are good, but they are just regular words written by men with perspective. Perspective and study. You could write a commentary, you know, and so it's it's not ordained words. They're good, but they should never trump the word of God. And so periodically you'll find a commentary and it may take you a while, but you might find something in there that you might say, I don't know if I agree with that. That doesn't seem like... Um, it doesn't line up with my theology. It doesn't line up with the doctrine of the church. You know, I tend, and that's that's really helpful for you to kind of wrestle through that. Um, the same is true with preaching on the weekend. Periodically, as pastors, we'll say things that we may have not meant to say, or you know, it was just in the moment. I, I all the time it happens where I, I say something that I think that was definitely not in the notes, and. Uh, Sometimes you're going to say something that maybe you shouldn't have said, or you're not going to say it as as well. Or I'm, I'm thinking of saying something, but I don't really know if that's where that verse is. And as much as I'd like to say it, I don't know every single verse of the Bible. I wish I did; it would make my job a whole lot easier if I did. So sometimes you're trying to recall them. So to be in the Word of God, that's really really important. As pastors, again, we want to be prepared and confident that God has given us a text to teach, but that doesn't mean there won't be human error. And uh, we are not infallible. If, if your pastor believes he's infallible, that's usually a flag. Uh, we are not infallible. We are flawed just like you. We just, we get to take our study. We get to, we feel called to shepherd and to pastor and to uh, lead a church or lead ministries. And so um, we need good guys. Like I would give so much if I had a, an army of men who are men of God in the word of God and saying, you know what? We are no longer with you. We are no longer for you. We are with you, man. That's what we want. I believe churches have a lot of people who are for them. I don't know if they have a lot of people who are with them. We like your preaching. We like your face. We like your jokes. We like the cookies. We like, great. Are you with us? Are you on mission with us? And the, one of the best ways to be on mission with your church is to be grounded in the Word of God. And when you're grounded in the Word of God, then you can say, hey, I'd like to lead a small group. I'd like to participate in the men's ministry. I'd like to you know, lead this outing. I want to be more active. I want to have a presence. I don't just want to be at church once in a while. I want to, I want to be someone that you can count on. And that comes from understanding the Word of God. So he committed to it first and foremost. And then he said, I'm going to study the actual words of God. And the third one is this, and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel and to do it simply put. So he's committing himself. Look, I'm going to get a Bible. 
Let's pretend like it's 2018. I'm going to get a Bible. I'm going to read this on a regular basis. I'm going to read the actual words of God, and I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to help people do the exact same thing. So that's in and of itself. So what he's doing here is he's going to apply it and help others do the same thing. So as you apply it, you begin to understand there's areas that are going to be challenging, right? Like we all say you should turn the other cheek. That That's really good until you have to turn the other cheek, right? And this is critical. It's so easy to hold people to a standard that you won't possibly hold yourself or you would never hold yourself, right? And you you look at yourself and say, well, I would have, but, or I would have, but we look at other people and we judge them on a different standard. When you work on applying the word of God, you also see the challenges that come from trying to live in the world, but not being of the world. We love that, right? Be in the world, but not of the world. Okay. What does that look like? Is it challenging to forgive? You know, what about guarding your words? Is that ever tough? How does, how does fasting work when you work with people who all go to lunch together? I, I don't want to talk about fasting, right? What about tithing? What does tithing look like when you have big expenses and things that are falling down around your house? What, what do you do with hot button topics again? What do you do with that issue where there's that guy at work that just loves to argue? The person on social media that if you post on this topic, you know you're going to hear from them. There's always those people, right? What do you do with that? And so as you begin to apply it to yourself and to, to do it and live it out, then you are able to help other people do the same thing. Again, the Bible is a book written for all people for all times. That means just because you are reading something in Leviticus doesn't mean there's not a timeless application for you. Now, you might not have your goat or uh, sheep fall in a hole on the Sabbath. That may not be an issue for you, but you may be wrestling with, do I mow the grass? Do we go to the Little League tournament on Sunday? Do we, you know, how, you know, do we travel on I know some people that do not travel on Sunday. What do we do with that? Uh, the, that's, you know, that was old, old Testament Sabbath. That was, but there's still a Sabbath. So what do you do with that? Because we've certainly, we've almost washed our hands of the Sabbath altogether. When we are having Little League tournaments and soccer tournaments and all kinds of events on Mother's Day, that's like the holiest day of the year, right? If we're having them on Mother's Day, then we're just about done with any other day. And so what do you do with that? You might not have the cultural challenges they had in the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, but you will have circumstances that parallel your life in some particular fashion. And so when Ezra committed himself to the application portion of reading the Bible, uh, it made the last part a lot easier to help other people do the exact same thing. He is living out the Great Commission before there was ever a Great Commission. This is the, the last of the three points of pursuit of manliness, right? To invest into other men. We follow Jesus, we work and keep what's been entrusted to us, and then we invest in others to do the exact same thing. You want them to be able to look at your life as a model of some way and say, let me let me show you what it looks like to follow Jesus. Let me show you what a, a daily discipline. Let me show you what a, a life well lived looks like. And, and man, that's what Paul did. Imitate my life as I'm imitating Christ's life. Do you have the kind of relationship with Jesus that you could look at your kids or look at another guy in the church and say, you know what? Imitate my life as I imitate Christ. That's that's a bold statement, right? And so what we want to do is take what we're learning and we, we apply it to our life and then we show others. I can say, I can sit across the table from certain guys or as I was talking to some guys recently in church about books of the Bible and I said, there's always these certain books that I always think, you know what? Next time I read through it, next time, I'll take more notes. Next time, I'll highlight it. I'm just trying to get through it right now. I can empathize with them with particular sections of the Bible or have you know a, a dialogue and say, well, 
that isn't what that means, or maybe I didn't realize that it, it, you know, it said it that way. There, there's power in that, and so we want to live it out. When when Ezra lived it out, he was able to demonstrate to those he was teaching how he had success, and I would imagine what were some of the challenges and pitfalls he faced as well. There's so much power. There is so much power in life on life. The problem is many times we don't like to be the first life. We want to be the one sitting in the chair watching the play and saying, show me, show me, show me. At some point, it is our responsibility to show other people. At some point, it is our responsibility to take that baton of faith to say, you know what? I'm going to put it in your hands. I want to show you this is what it looks like. I've, I've given you the skills. Now go apply it so that you can help other people do the same thing. If the men in our churches who call themselves a member of our church, I'm not talking about just the church I'm at, but if you're listening from my church, yes, I'm talking to you. But if the men in our churches who call themselves a member of a church, not the guy that comes every six weeks, not that, that's a different issue. But if those guys who come on a regular basis would say, I'm committing myself, I'm going to commit myself to read the Bible, I'm going to live it out, and I'm going to teach other people to do the exact same thing, that's it. That's it. Your pastor may come down and give you the best man hug you've ever seen. Like, that's it. If we could get men somehow to read the Bible, to apply it to their life, and to help other people do the same thing, are you kidding me what would happen in our nation? What would happen in our neighborhoods? What would happen in our houses if you would commit to reading the Bible, to practicing living it out, and to teach other people to the to do the exact same thing. I, I would jump through this microphone and, and, and give you a hug, and I don't even like to hug. I'm telling you, I, I, the power in that, if, if guys would say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I've never done it before, or I started but I quit, or eh, it feels weird but I'm still going to do it. You know what, you've talked me into it. I, I hate talking people into things. I will talk you into that if I can. Read the Bible live it out, teach other people to do it. The power that is in that alone will change generations. I promise you, I promise you somebody along the way got the word of God into your life in some way. It might've been a parent. It might've been a pastor. It might've been a a pamphlet left uh, at a restaurant. I, I don't know what it was, but somebody did it. Would you do that for someone else? If you will read the Bible, live it out and teach other people to do the same thing. There is huge power in that, man. That's really simple application to our lives. Commit to it, read it, live it out, help other people do it. That's it. That's it. We don't have to make it overly complicated. You do not have to have a degree to do this. You do not have to be um, a pastor of a church to do this. If you would take that simple principle, Ezra 710 principle, and you would apply it to your life and commit to it, the power in that is huge, man. It is huge. And I think deep down inside, every man knows that. But I'll tell you what's scarier. Satan knows that too. Satan knows that too. And he knows that if you commit to do this, he will do everything in his power to distract you, to destroy you, to make you neglect it, to talk you out of it, to say, you know what? Don't get too radical with this. You know what? You've never been a good reader. You know what? This Bible, it's not really your thing. You know what? That's more for that other guy at church. He's better at leading that small group. You know what? It's better if you just, you know what? And that, that's, that's taking a sword and turning it into a butter knife. Men, you have so much potential if you will commit to reading the Word of God, live it out, and help other men do the same. Amen? Let's do it, guys. We can do this, all right? So, guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. 
Man, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for the guys that go to iTunes and leave a review. Five-star reviews are awesome, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate seeing what you've written, and uh, it's very, very encouraging. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I love what God's doing here. God's telling an incredible story through the pursuit of manliness, the guys that he's bringing uh, in my life. And I, I pray that I'm an influence in your life in some good way, that we challenge one another, we spur one another on to build better men together. Uh, guys, as always, check us out Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. They're all at Pursue Manliness. And as always, check out our closed Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Pursuit of Manliness. We have about 2,200 men there. Uh, very cool. Guys can invite other men there. Uh, the conversation's very cool. We have guys literally from all over the world, all over the United States. And uh, it's, it's neat. It's neat to see what God is doing there. And um, again, guys, thanks for listening. And let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Joe.